0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Prelude to Positivity. My name is Tommy Jirasi. Today, my guest is an artist, a dancer, an instructor, a teacher, and one of the most positive souls that I've met, Mr. Julian Valmy. How are you, Julian?
1: Hi, I'm good. Tommy, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for taking some time to speak to us. So the first thing I want to do is to acknowledge that this week is International Dance Day. So it's perfect that we're doing this this week. And I don't think it'll come out next week, but that's okay, we'll still get it. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to just tell people who don't know about Julian, a little bit about you, like what you were like growing up. When did you know that you had this talent and passion for the arts and for dance, especially?
1: So, um, hi, I'm Julian. That's such a, yeah, how do I, how do I go about this? I think I kind of came out the womb dancing. That's how my mom explains it. Um, I was always moving around when I was a kid. And the earliest memory that I have of like, actually knowing that I was dancing, because when you're a kid, you're constantly moving. Um, The first time being conscious of it was um, my aunt, my great aunt Ted, my mom's aunt, was um, over, and I think it was someone's birthday party or something, but I was in the living room with my mom and my aunt, my great aunt, and some other cousins, and my great aunt was watching me dance, and she was like, look at him do that funny dance. She said something else that wasn't very PC, something I can't say anymore, but she was (laughs) like, look at, so we'll paraphrase this funny. She goes, look at that funny little dance he's doing. And I remember that at the time, me calling out for my other aunt, so. Not the one who was calling me dance funny, but my, my Auntie Gail, my mom's sister, and being like, Look, Auntie Gail, look at me, look at me, look at me. And so I just remember at that moment myself, like, kind of like showing my family that I could dance and at the same time, like my family watching me. And, and um, that's just something I've always had since I was a kid. And when I was eight years old, they actually decided to put me in a class. They decided to actually like have me learn um, how to dance as opposed to just doing my thing. And that kind of just like transitioned to like every day. I just, I loved it. I had the energy for it. Um, it helped me learn focus a lot. I had, um, I was dying. I, I don't even like saying it like this, but a doctor told me I had ADHD. That's what I would say. A doctor told me I had ADHD. And so because of that, I do have some, um, areas of growth and focusing and streamlining things and dance helped me understand that helped me understand that like um the methodical approach to learning in general right so from like step a to to z as opposed to like jumping around and um i went to uh, magnet school for middle high school and then i it just kept on taking me through like life in such a way. And I just decided to pursue dance. And then as I got older, I started to realize the, like what other skills I had to offer outside of dance and more so in terms of performance, like what I offer as a performer. Cause I wouldn't say I'm the best technical dancer. I wouldn't say I'm somebody who was like born with like the like like how some dancers born with like that facility or that just that that ideal dancer i don't know brain body like i don't know for me there was there were so many things that i think i had to work on as a dancer not just physically but like mentally that um that i realized that i was more of a performer but dance helped me understand a craft and and a way to put that performer's energy into something as opposed to just running around my classroom as I was doing before dance. There was a lot of walking around my classroom when when, when my teacher was expecting us to sit and little Julian's like walking around. So that helped me like kind of just understand the ways of things.
0: Do you think that the diagnosis they gave you could have just been all the pent up creativity that you had because creativity and we do tend to be, creative people tend to be a little bit uh, distracted all, all the time.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. I still get to, I mean, I still have it now the, you know the urge to drift is what I would say. And, I, and it's something where it's, it goes off of association, right? So I see something and that triggers something else that triggers something else. And so, what people don't see is like the connectivity, and that is creativity, right? So I think it goes hand in hand. It's viewed as like a lack of attention, but it's like, oh no, no, no. there's a lot of attention to detail. You're just not, you're not privy to the internal uh, linkages that are happening. <laughs> it makes sense.
0: <laughs> it always makes sense to us. Like starting projects makes sense to us. Like you start one, you don't finish it, you go to the next one. But it, it, there was a reason why it happened that way, but no one else is gonna ever get it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Which goes just back to like individuality, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, And just a little backstory is that how I met Julian was that he's a 305 fitness instructor and he does it for some place called COA, which is online uh, community online academy. So during the pandemic, I started doing that. Also, during the pandemic, I lost 30 pounds, which that dance class was part of the reason that I lost the 30 pounds. Oh my God, Tommy, congrats. I know you didn't know that because I never told you, but yes, that was so that was part of my routine every week because I felt like I needed something for sure besides the in home workout that I was doing. I needed something where every week I knew I was going to be held responsible to do it. So that helps.
1: I, I-, I-, I do have to throw this out there to everybody because Tommy was <laughs> like a very like, enigmatic figure so we had a lot of people who did like classes on with the camera on because everything was was virtual via zoom and tommy g was this elusive figure that no one could figure out who he was until one day he tagged me in a post and i was like tommy g and so and every week we would kind of egg him on like tommy g come on the camera come on the camera so i want to say congratulations because no i i didn't know
0: well i was going through that plus i was thinking like because I'm pretty known on Instagram and all that. I was like, I don't know if anybody on there is on here. So I don't know if I want them to see me dancing yet. So we'll see. <laughs> so I have to get Well, the- I'm
1: so glad that you built it, like that You decided to build up to turning that camera on because it makes such a difference.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. Um, and so then speaking of the dance part, what does dance and movement mean to you and mean for you? Because there's a lot of meaning behind what you do.
1: I'm gonna have to pause for a second because I never have, I never really think, I think of what it means, but it's more internal, but it's so, I know I've never done one of these before like an interview like this. Um, I had somebody once describe dance to me as um, fleeting. And I thought that was so interesting. Um, because dance is so fleeting. If you look at it as an art form, it's so present and in the moment. Like, it is so, like, you. we don't get that moment back. Um, in plays, the script's written down, right? In the visual arts, there's things, like, where it, parts of that work can be recorded. I mean, you can videotape a dance and you can videotape, uh, you know, a performance, but it's not the same kind of like, it's not the same kind of um, way that like gives the body of work actual preservation. And when I say that, it's there's a background on that. Dance is one of the very few art forms that doesn't have um, the right to intellectual property. Mm-hmm. So like dancers, choreographers, choreographers have a really hard time holding on to their work. So there's that also understanding of like dance being fleeting that like in a metaphysical sense and then even just like a literal sense, you know it is something that's very hard to hold on to. And there's a preciousness in that for me, knowing that dance is, is something that's very present and very in the moment, um, a dancer's spirit And I think that's one of the biggest things to talk about. Like spirit in dance is is something that I hold so dear to my heart because I've seen a lot of dancers and a lot of um, people be transformed and like transported outside of themselves in a moment because they're able to connect to the movement, to their body. And this does not mean like, and this isn't, mean the one singular type of dancer body. I mean like when somebody who, I had this one student, for example, um, who I was teaching when I was in college, which was a very like important part of my life because I was teaching as I was a student. So I was like able to take information, transfer it onto them, learn from them my own, my own lessons. Cause I was, you know, the one giving them the information. I kind of knew then and there like, Whatever I give them and whatever I get back is essentially the knowledge base that I have, right? So, um, this one student, she had not the most typical body type. I mean, she had a hard time with flexibility, so her elbow wouldn't straighten all the way. Her hamstrings were extremely short, so her knees wouldn't straighten. She didn't have the best feet either. And any, I feel any other teacher, you look at a student like that, that students automatically can get written off. But going back to the spirit, I had, I had, like, witnessed, and that's what it is, so many moments of her just being so present in her body that there was, there was no rhyme or reason that she couldn't do anything else that, like, the other students could do. And she made that sure of herself. She understood her own I don't want to say limitations, but her own boundaries in terms of movement, she understood. And I knew, I, ne- I never had to repeat anything back to her. Like, I never felt that I had to talk about th- her facility in order for her to learn. And I think that's what means, what dance means to me is, is it, you know, a lot of teachers have perpetuated this really toxic belief of having one type of body and they're forgetting about the spirit and they're forgetting about like what the spirit can do and how it can push past boundaries or find really creative ways of making things work. Because when I say that my student was on stage with other girls who are like, her legs were up to here and doing all these different things and home girl was holding her own and making everything work. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing. So for me, that's what dance movement represents is this, Unbreakable, this unbreakable bond between body and spirit. Oh, Tom, you brought it out.
0: That is beautiful, I tell you, I tell you. It's a little similar to um, the choreographer, Benji Schremer, a friend of mine, and I asked him that, and he said similar things to that too, so that, that's good. <laughs> oh, I love Benji,
1: he was he was great. He was on when I actually watched So You Think You yeah, Can Dance.
0: I'm actually working with him because he's choreographing and starring in the video that I'm producing for my friend, David Hernandez, who was on American Idol. So oh, actually that next week, so yeah, that's gonna be, and I'm- that is continue. so cool. <laughs> it's a small little world. It was funny because David hired him and then he called me and he's like, oh, so I got my choreographer and he told me and I was like, I know Benji. And he's like, you know Benji. I was like, of course I know Benji. I'm like what the hell? So I was like, this is great because I'm even more happy to contribute to the project because- the Yeah. <laughs> It's a little small world.
1: <laughs> it is a small world. Wow.
0: So how do you remain positive and grounded in challenging and uncertain times like we've had in the past year?
1: Well, one, I'm going to say thank goodness for friends. Um, thank goodness for like, yeah, the supportive of community. Um, yeah. How do I stay grounded and stay positive? Um, I was privileged this, especially this past year. I um, lived with a friend, as you know, I lived with, were you, you were taking class when Sam was?
0: Yes, when you were in New Right,
1: York. when we were in New York. Okay, so so I had a built-in like friend when I had, when I, um, when New York shut down. So it was, I was afforded this support system that a lot of people may not have been afforded. Um, I know a lot of my friends weren't either. And so I knew that keeping connected to the people close to me was number one, one of the biggest things I knew I could do. Um, But um, dance kept me, dance keeps me very grounded. Like dances, I, I do it like when I wake up in the morning, a lot of my friends don't believe me. Um, in college, no one believed that like before I even like started my day that I had like a mini jam out session. Um, but I think I get that from like family. I think I get that from my my parents for sure who listened to music in the morning and my mom was like dancing around in the morning. Um, and another thing I do to keep grounded and, and it's very important to me is is actually prayer. Um, over the past few years, I've, like, found my own way of speaking to, however you want to see it, you can, you can say God or you can say the deepest part of myself that is attached to, like, what I know is connected to unseeable forces, right? So, like, and prayer to me isn't, it, it's not, doesn't have to be the prescribed Our Father who are in heaven, Right if that's your jam, that's your jam. I personalize my prayers, you know, Um, and sometimes it's, like, really simple. I'm from, like, from the Ian LaVanzant school of things, because she was, like, I think very important in helping me understand, like, what a prayer is, and she, like, sometimes it's just as simple as thank you. Um, I remember recently I was going through a very, like, stressful, pressing moment in my life. There's a lot of things happening at one time, and, like, nothing seemed grounded everything was up in the air like from like a living my living situation to like just transitioning back to Miami um, from New York and and on top of other things and I just remember having a moment in my car listening to Ariana Grande and I was like I let myself like I let myself cry because I was like just cry because you're clearly so stressed your body needs like oh something and in that moment I just said I was just saying thank you to myself and like thank you to like whatever's already worked out ahead of this moment Um, because I've done the stressing thing and the anxiety thing, and I've done the the chicken little complex, right? Like the sky is falling, the sky is falling. (laughs) And I think we all have, so I was, and I have some friends who like, man, they would talk about what they pray for and I mean, like, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say pray everything works out. That's not the case at all. But the amount of fortitude it can, it can provide for somebody and the amount of uh, consolation. And that way you're able to be grateful and present in the moment so you can share those with other people. Because I noticed that people who, who had such a close connection to their own spirituality were the ones who i know in my life were the ones who provided the most love for people. So I was like I think I should I think I should switch it up a little bit. And instead of looking around and seeing what's falling what's not working, take a moment within and be like, "Hey, like you have the goods."
0: Yeah. Sometimes the pause actually reminds you too that you've been there before and that it wasn't as bad as you thought it was? Because we tend to do that, where this is the worst moment of my life, and then a year later, we're doing that again. This is the worst moment of my life, but you said that last year, so.
1: Yes, <laughs> well, I knew I knew I couldn't say that after, like, no, one thing, <laughs> I will say one thing, I, I mean, it, it's so true, like, uh, like having that moment, because I've had moment. I think living in New York, I've had more moments like that. So I, it was definitely one of those moments where I was like, I, I, I did make a, I did have a, uh, a like a a flashback to New York. It was like, do you remember when you first moved to New York and you thought you were going to be homeless? And yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with your dancing and your career and the artistic part of you, what's been the highlight of that pursuit so far for you? And I say so far because I'm sure there's more coming, but so far, what's been...
1: So far. (laughs) Okay. Um, That's interesting. I don't think of my career like that. I really don't, I really don't. Um, You
0: think the Super Bowl was one?
1: I I was, I know you were going to say, I knew knew you were going to say the Super Bowl, but that's funny because that's not actually.
0: That's good. It's
1: it's funny because that happened and that was, I always say the Super Bowl wasn't about performing for the Super Bowl for me, or wasn't performing for the weekend. It it was about two things. Um, Number one, it was about life's, magic basically because that came that came out of nowhere like i i never in a million years thought i was going to do that i do remember a year before though thinking about being i did think about wanting to be in the super bowl at the previous one because it was in miami in my hometown with j-lo who is one of my favorite performers and a lot of my friends were in the super bowl. And I had never like I thought about it and I was like, Oh, I think I, you know, when you when when something seems a little bit more possible to you, you're like, Oh, I, I kind of want to. So I never thought about it until that moment, but it was one night. It was only one night where I was like, I want to be in the super bowl. And then I like kind of left it alone because then the shutdown happened, like quarantine and yeah. And so that was a moment in like, hey, life will present really random, amazing moments. And then the second thing that was really important about the Super Bowl was that uh, for me personally it was a cast full of men of color like we all like we all looked like each other or we all had semblances of like you know of, it, it was so so huge and all the dancers were so in, were so amazing and then the choreographer herself was this black woman charm Ladonna and so it was like a whole just moment of you know of of People of color, black men coming together, dancing for, you know, this one moment, uh, despite the NFL's own history. And it, to me, that's what that represented. But for me, my favorite moment, Tommy, you got a talker. Okay, you you, 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 you caught a talker. Um, but my personal favorite moment. Well, I love teaching, like it's, it's, I I always try and get away from it, but teaching is kind of like always, I I would say has to be my favorite thing um, because there is nothing like helping somebody get it. Like there is nothing like seeing the lights go on in somebody's brain and they're like, oh, and, the best part is, again, going back to those students who never thought that they'd have a chance or are told, you know, that to me is like, I, I would say teaching is, is is everything to me. I hope, like, I can always have a hand in it in some capacity. And actually, I will tell you about a, a moment that I have that, I, that always holds really close to my heart. It's not about teaching, but it is about kids. I did the Radio City Christmas Spectacular one year, and they always talk about Christmas Eve being such, like, a huge day at the theater because it's the night before Christmas and we have this huge Santa number and kids just get me like like kids to me are like the most cool people on the planet because they don't even know what cool is yet they just know what they like and they'll tell you what they like you know and like just it's easy unlike adults who are like human beings um with like complexities so um (laughs) so as the lights come up on the Santa number, you just hear and like the Santa number. If no one's ever been to ever, or if anyone on here has never been to Radio City, like I hadn't until I'd done the show, they thought it was so weird. They're like, "You've never seen the Radio City Christmas Spectacular?" And I was like, "No, I grew up in Miami. The show never <laughs> came down, and we didn't have money to go to New York and Christmas like that. That's not like that was my life." Um, but anyways, so. <laughs> So the lights come up and we're all wearing these Santa suits and the entire audience gasps and you just hear the tiniest, oh, mom, dad, Santa, bah, bah. and, and they are just chills, chills going through my body because that show is not an easy show to do physically, mentally. We spend months getting to it and I was exhausted on that day. Cause like Christmas is actually the end of our season. We're getting ready to close out the show. And just that moment, I was like, this is what it was for. Like my knees are about to break, but this is what it was for.
0: (laughs) But it's worth it. I'll be in the hospital, but it's worth it.
1: (laughs) But it's worth it for you, kid. It's worth it.
0: And then as a kind of like, it goes hand in hand with positivity, I think, most times, but how do you keep the mental health in check during all of the ups and downs and the uncertainties and then the this stupid year that we've had?
1: Yes, 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 stupid this this year that we had and mental health. I this has been, I think for myself and a lot of people, the most challenging year for my for mental health. Um, I actually just reached out to a friend for a little guidance because I've realized that this is the time for me to, to um, upgrade my system. Um, I'm a reader. Like, I have never had the affordability to go to a therapist. So I had to do a lot of like my own therapizing. Um, and I've actually been told by a few therapists and counselors that I'm actually pretty good at doing that. Um,
0: (laughs) I normally will tell you not to do it.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. Um, Had you heard of therapy in New York, the bar? You've heard of therapy, correct? Mm -hmm. Health Kitchen? Okay. So I was a server there.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: (laughs) And at therapy one time there was, there were two men talking and I was like serving them. So they were, one of them decided to divulge their conversation to me. I think he was like trying to flirt. And I was like, well, i'm trying to make tips here okay and but I, so i had to listen because i'm trying to make these tips and so then i gave my two cents and i don't like to really give my two cents i love it and so <laughs> you know so i gave my two cents and then the therapist was like that's actually really good advice and i didn't know he was a therapist at the time he's like that's actually really good and i was like really he's like yeah he's like "You're objective at the same time like very clear about like what you you know what you believe and and that's when his friend was like, yeah, he's a therapist. Like, you know, you should listen to him. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And so that, and like other therapists that I've gone to talk to, there always, there would always be a moment where it almost became like a conversation, which was good. But like, it wasn't, I don't know. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because I believe in therapy and that's not the question at all. But I, I had to, I forced myself to ask a lot of questions to myself, um, I also have a best friend who is a Leo, and if anyone knows anything about Leos, they're really good at like stating their opinions and their two cents. And um, I remember one time I was complaining about something, and she was like, "Well, you're complaining so much about it, but you're not doing anything about it." And then I'm like, "I don't like." I'm like, "I feel helpless," and she's like, "You're not helpless. You just don't want to do anything about it." Um, and I was like, okay, well, bye. I'm not talking to you again. <laughs> and then I was like, I called her back and I was like, okay, fine. So you're not wrong, but I still need help. Um, can you help me find books? Like, can you, cause this was more so, this was more on financial matters and stuff. And so I think in college, that's where I really started popping off on, on what I call self-interest books. It started when I was a kid, actually. My mom had this book called ADHD in Teens, and I wanted to get off prescription medicine. And so I think that's where it actually started from, where I started realizing that if I could... And actually before that, I read Chicken Soup for the Soul when I was grounded one day. I was grounded for like a week. So yeah, so okay, so as I keep going back, I keep seeing how books were so instrumental. So I think that that's what it is. And that's I'm, I'm fortunate in the sense that I have like, been able... To do that I still think there's a lot of work where I need to go and I need to talk to somebody so actually recently I'm I've reached out to some people about a um, life coach or a career coach or somebody who can actually apply who can give me something tactical and practical because I think that that's like where I'm at right now so that's what keeps me up in terms of like mental health is like kind of like being able to recognize those patterns and again i'm fortunate enough to have like mirrors in the form of friends and family who are are like hey you know that hey was like a hey dot 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 yeah yeah Yeah. okay
0: (laughs) i got that yeah that's good i mean i even did um i have a friend who's a spiritual life coach so last year i reached out to him because i was like i can't do this by myself it's not gonna work i need accountability i need redirection a little bit i need a little bit of a perk up so yeah we did that and that went really well to the point now where i'm doing it for other people so <laughs> it's kind of cool i could yeah. totally
1: see you doing that that's amazing
0: <laughs> yeah i do. i joined clubhouse i'm over here in clubhouse so i'm on there every day now give so, me an invite somebody give me an oh, invite I absolutely give, give me yeah. some here and i will invite you today i, I was actually gonna okay. ask you because i think you'll be good on there so yeah. So i've been oh. doing that <laughs> Can you let everybody know where they can find you to keep up with you if they want to learn more about you and what you have going on and maybe dance classes that you're giving yeah
1: i'm i'm on instagram at julian valme so it's julian my name j-u-l-i-e-n valme v-a-l-m-e um and that's like primarily like where i'm at on instagram um i have uh right now i'm just doing the koa class on thursdays as an online course um because being a full-time teacher and other things, other responsibilities, I'm like, I want to make sure that I can, I can um, really give them the attention they deserve. But um, during the summertime, that will be changing because I'll have more time. So please,
0: find cool. me. What, so what are you most passionate about with all the things that you do? Is it teaching?
1: I would say, yes, I would say it is teaching. Um, I, I, yeah I've been doing it since I was a teenager and it's been the one thing that that has like been the most transformative thing in my life I think personally so it, it might be and I say with some skepticism because like everyone has this like has this idea of like what teaching is and um, mm-hmm. I I really want it. and the and teachers have always been in a very I mean, when you're a student, you look up to your teacher, as like, oh my God, my teacher. But in society and in the world, teachers play a very diminutive role. And it's one of the most important things. It's kind of the most important thing is education. And so um, it's funny because now that I'm in actually in the, at the school system, it's not just about like teaching dance. Because before it was about teaching dance. Like, everything was about teaching dance, dance, dance. It didn't matter if it was like, at a studio or what. I actually stayed away from the school system. I stayed so far away from the school system. And this year, now that I'm a teacher, I'm like thinking more so about like education policy in general, which is, which is so interesting because I'm like actually at my desk, like, wait, this system sucks. <laughs> like, and I look at the students and I'm like, this sucks for you. Yeah, and then I look at my principal and I'm like, this has to suck for you too.
0: Yeah, yeah you're shaping lives, but you're not given the proper tools and the proper resources to shape them in the way you want to.
1: Exactly, and everything goes down to like you know, like today we were doing about teacher evaluations, and I'm looking and I'm like, number one, this really shouldn't even apply to this year because of the way that Miami-Dade County handled transitioning back into schools during the time of COVID. I think they were, I think they were completely outside of their depths. And, you know, there's this, like, we don't also don't have support in terms of union. Like other states have, like, they're, we have a union, but Florida is different because you don't have to, you don't have to be a part of the union to be in your position. And which is good because a lot of people don't want to necessarily pay union dues, but then when something like the pandemic happened where everyone was affected by it, the school system forced upon the schools reopening or they would lose funding and then teachers had to choose between their job or like, you know, and so it was, it was really, really weird. So as you're, so the reason why I'm, I'm kind of going into this because you asked what my passion is and I'm like, and I was always, and I always say teaching dance, but now I'm like, oh, it, it's turning into like this overarching thing, this bigger thing. That's cool.
0: I think you learn as you go along and you, you, You level up, so you're leveling up to the next thing. It's a Sailor Moon
1: transformation. Have you seen (laughs) Sailor Moon? Thank you, I was like, Tommy, have you seen Sailor Moon? (laughs) Okay.
0: So what would you call this chapter of your life if you were writing a book?
1: Integration,
0: Mm.
1: without a doubt, integration. It is taking all the lessons, or the lessons I've learned over the past, like since I basically, since I graduated high school, like I can't not acknowledge the fact that I'm teaching dance at a public high school and how important the school system was for me and how it helped, like how especially dance ushered me through the school system. Um, and then coming back, I'm living with my family now. So there's like even coming back, literally, literally coming back home with my siblings and stuff, um, and and there's a lot of learning that's happening there, and just being back in Miami in general, and being back with even old employers, because you know I have connections with dance studios um, here in Flo- and then in Florida in general, and the word integration continues to pop up in my head, where I'm reminding myself to pause if I'm feeling a moment of like stress or press or like whatever, you know? And remembering that like, okay, there was a moment in the past, like where I was here before, how best can I navigate, right? So even if it's like something as simple as a conflict in a personal relationship, right? Or um, a conflict with a student, something like that. like, um, And it's kind of amazing to me how like that's been, proving itself every single day it's like integration 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 That's a it's time. not even the pop-off yet I like, like I'm that. waiting for the pop-off but right now it's like Julian sit still bide your time integrate
0: it'll come it's leveling you're leveling That's-
1: I appreciate that
0: <laughs> so what is the most fulfilling part of what you do I think you touched on it a little bit but what's the most fulfilling part of all the things that you do
1: yeah. Okay. So I talked a lot about it as a teacher. So I'm going to stay away from that because the aha moment is like for I mentioned that is like the ish. As a performer though, because I'm a performer first and foremost. Like teaching is something I have learned to do and something I'm learning to do. But performing is who I am from the jump. And something I learned about performers is that, and I learned this when I was younger, that I can want all the attention in the world, but if that attention isn't anchored or backed by something, then it's just going to be fool's gold. It's just going to be shiny and nice to look at, no worth to it. And so when I was a teenager, I remember when I was, especially when I was competing, because competing can be very vapid, but it also can be one of the most... Uh, fulfilling moments in a dancer's life if they choose to compete. It's not all Dance Moms. It's not all Abby Lee, I promise. Um, you can gain a lot of friends. And, and so um, I remember before I hit the stage, I told myself like, inspire one person. Like inspire one person. And and that was always what I, I strive for. And that's what I continue to strive for whenever I'm dancing, whenever, I'm, whenever I occupy a space, is like knowing that there is a dancer out there who needs, or a human being that needs that moment, who needs to be taken away out of their life, who needs to experience something different. Um, so whether it's like, no matter what the performance that I'm doing, I'm there to provide something, even if it's something as silly as a laugh, even if it's something as like uh you know, even if it's just like some silly like little number and you just like, just to give the energy up or if it's like something a little more somber so that they can be a little more thoughtful, a little more pensive. But I think that that's something that, that for me motivates me and inspires me and keeps me working for more and like wanting to do more and, and wanting to be bigger and be better um, because as a storyteller, and I think that that's what performers are, or storytellers, as a storyteller, the most important thing is for like, is visibility. And and um, I always like for people to, to know that they're seen. And I think as a performer, like, even if you know you don't see somebody in an audience, if you perform out to them, if your intention is out to them, we receive cause I'm an audience member. All right. I know what it's like to, to feel the abundance of somebody's energy. Like you can't not feel it. You can't not feel that. Even if they're not pointing to you, you feel like they're pointing to you when you feel like it, like you're seeing, yeah.
0: It's happening for me in that moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so it's all for you, Tommy.
0: Well, yeah, it should be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Naturally.
0: But specifically in this past year, that's been such a, you know, what show, what have you learned about yourself? Especially when we had that time where we weren't around a lot of people.
1: Yeah. I don't have very good boundaries set up for myself.
0: Ooh, that's a big one.
1: It was, yeah, it was, it was a huge one. It was a huge one. I didn't realize how many people I allowed to, I mean, and I say like, they, I mean, I have a lot of beautiful people in my life. I wouldn't walk around and say I have like the most toxic people in my life. Or, like if that's not the case, but I didn't set up boundaries for my life. So I was running into a lot of issues with people. So as I was, as I was growing into myself over the past year, because I, I spent so much time as we all did, especially if you're in New York, Floridians, whole other story. But if you were in New York or if you were <laughs>
0: <is> in hell, <laughs>
1: It really was though. Like we were in our apartment, and I like I there was no reason no reason for me to even go into my stairwell. Like it was me, my it was my room or my living room with Sam when we were teaching our class, and my stoop and a little a little past, a little like walking pathway that we had carved out for ourselves because we knew that like we could keep our mental sanity and at the same time grab a cute cocktail um <laughs> so so that was the, that was the boundaries yeah
0: cool that's funny because i did um i do rooms on clubhouse now because i've been on there so long that i've been good at it and i ran a room last week on boundaries and i thought oh a couple of people are going to show up it'll be like a half hour it was two hours there was so many people and i just wanted to talk about boundaries and i was like this is a big topic people really oh, have. i love around. that yeah they people have trouble setting and then also there's a the whole energy boundaries thing so that's another Thing where like you have to protect your energy and yeah. what's your sign sagittarius
1: <laughs> oh my goodness you are sagittarius aren't you i didn't i think i was not going to go for the sag i was going to go for the mm, no,
0: earth you little
1: no. fire sign okay
0: but i have all of it i've been learning all of it so it's been okay, okay. <laughs> no
1: but that's a huge thing for sagittarius is also i can't tell you how many of my sagittarius friends complain about needing less human interaction and it's those are the words less and it's not i don't want to talk to anybody it's not you know f off it's i could do with less human interaction at the moment so energy and i think of energy preservation because that's what that is
0: because when you're around people energy is being spent and being passed through you so after you've been a lot of people for like a weekend when i do conventions with celebrities i'm around a lot of people when i'm handling them and when i go home i'm just like i need two days or at least one day where i'm alone because i just need to ground myself back into that energy where it's not everybody else's. Yes. yeah. So in that past year that we all were locked up a little bit, what do you hope that we all learned during this time that we can keep with us going forward and we don't soon forget?
1: How connected we are, like how easy it is, like, and how vulnerable we are, and how brittle we are. Like, that that to me was, like, ringing so true throughout this entire year was, like, my God, like, this showed us how the world is not so big, how something really tiny can, like, come in and change everything. Mm -hmm. Can, and I mean, change, saying change everything is, is obviously putting it lightly. but i hope i hope we learn a bit more humility and i and i say that for myself personally because there there have been so many moments and even this week where you know i'm getting caught up in my personal life and then i think about literally just at night i i think about how somebody else doesn't Get the moment the affordability to complain about what I'm complaining about. And then I'm like, yeah. You know. Um, and I think I think that that to me is like was something I had a hard time, a hard time getting over uh during the beginning of like this year was like understanding my own. And I think that's why one I think I know that's why I had a lot of anxiety was because for me it was like it was a huge, you know crash to my ego it was a huge crash like the world that I'd built up and to the person who I thought I was you know and like and, and and when I say the person I thought I was it's like it really challenges you to like be aware of who you are and like be aware of like your like you know where you stand in things like are you somebody that goes with the group and understands that like you have to sacrifice this moment for the betterment of the, the, of the populace? Or are you gonna take that selfish choice, risk it a little bit more and, you know, say that it's natural selection and have like the, the gall to say something like that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> what is one thing that you absolutely cannot live without? Water. <laughs> Water. What is one thing you wish we could all live with?
1: You wish. I wish we. I. I'm not gonna. Lie. Okay. So. I wish we could live without the like feature. I wish we could. That. I think that's. I think that's one. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's. I like social media because I like interacting and I like seeing what people have out there. Um, I also love a discovery page with half naked men, sorry. Um,
0: My Facebook's like that too now, it's like, what? You should know this person's half naked. Your your (laughs) Facebook is like that? Yes, all all the suggestions of people I should know, they're all half naked men all the time.
1: I love that, minor minor theater performers still waiting for Broadway, (laughs) i.e. me. No, no, yeah. No, it's true though. And so what about you? What's one thing that you think that we should live without?
0: I actually changed my answer to this one as I interviewed people, because somebody floored me one day when they said that they wish we could all live without money. Because if we didn't have to work for money and we didn't have to earn money to survive, life would be so much better. And I was like, that's kind of true. Money sucks. (laughs)
1: can you hear me
0: yes i can hear you you're, you're back right. yeah. okay great awesome. they said money and i was like money that's a deep one because think about how we have to earn money and how we have to have money to get something if we didn't have to do all that life would be so much easier
1: it would be it really would be no that's so true i didn't even go there because like i felt like that's <laughs> not even like you know it, it that's how i think trapped i am in that that same way of thinking that for me i was like, Ooh, like
0: yeah, I'm. I'm. It's. I'm over it at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Let me fix this.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. I already.
1: think it might be my Wi-Fi.
0: That's good. I can hear you though, so that's good. Okay. So, um, being we were talking about social media, if you had to describe yourself in three hashtags, what three hashtags would you use to describe Julian?
1: Um. Okay. Um, three hashtags. Um, hashtag Black Boy Joy. Um, hashtag Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. And then. <laughs> <laughs> and then, hashtag. uh what are the hashtags that kids are doing hashtag blessed only because the fact that hashtag blessed even exists
0: <laughs> yes in this day and age right
1: right it's yes and oh my god i and my students like and i think that's also part of the funniest part about being a teacher is that like i'll see my students on social media um you know I have my account that's like you know private and stuff like that so like depending on who the student is like I'll like I'll follow them and to see all of them with hashtag blessed hashtag blessed hashtag blessed like everything was and it could be like the most mundane post ever hashtag blessed hashtag blast and I'm like okay and I think so I think that's just super random just a random thought the fact that we have to caption moments I think is one of the most exhausting things. I was on a trip in Tulum for a bachelorette party and I loved these girls that I was with. It was my best friend and her best friends. We all got along really great. Girl, when I tell you the amount of time they spent from place to place thinking about captions, I was like, my God, oh, but yeah. So I thought- I got the photos and
0: then later I look at them and go, whatever.
1: <laughs>
0: me, so me and
1: another girl were like the mom captioners because we're like, had a great time, love these, you know, like just what I would consider to be like, honest, like I had a great time in Tulum. I don't want to have to post a pic and be like, uh, I'm out like a light, I don't know. And it's like a peace sign to the airport. I don't know. I don't know. That's a maybe lot I'm secretly jealous. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. but maybe it's not so secret.
0: <laughs> so, um, do you you do realize that like the Koa community that you've created is um different than the other communities that people have on Koa, right? Like it's a little bit more personal. It's a little bit more uh, connected, I think, energetically. So. Do you, you do, like you feel that as well, right? Because I feel like it's different than the other co classes.
1: I, okay, so I haven't taken any other co-op classes and, oh, okay. and I don't- So
0: you do, you feel, yeah, you don't realize- Charlie, Megan, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not usually able to, um, but I have been told this, I've been told this. And so I'm really happy to hear that.
0: Do you purposely do it that way though? Like, do you do you prepare yourself for that, or you know, like some people prepare themselves energetically before they do something like that? Before they're connecting with people, is it an intention that you you set too to connect with these people for that hour?
1: Yeah, um, it's an intention, and I also can't help it. Like, I can't. Like, it is really a part of me as a person. Mm. Um, <sighs> when I first moved to, I'll give you an example when I first moved to New York one of my best friends I've noticed since I was in elementary school she was like I was visiting her apartment and I was staying with her for a little bit and I started making friends with people in the building and she's like Julian you've been here for one week and you're already making friends with people in the building I don't know them <laughs> like and and it's not a it's not a, a like let me be popular kind of thing I was I, I always had this trait in middle in elementary and middle school it never worked out for me um, when I was younger for some reason but as I got older and I started to like you know hone in on like myself a little bit more I realized that attention is a form of love so like you don't have to say the words I love you for somebody to feel it and so if you're able to give somebody that attention, if you're able to give somebody that, that moment, then they feel seen. And it kind of, to tie back to the beginning of the conversation about like individuality, that to me is like one of the most important things is like being in a space and seeing like different people and being a part of that. That's why I don't do good with like gay bars. Like if I go to like a actual like gay bar where there's all men, I get very like, Ugh, cause it's all men. And I'm like, and you think like, oh, but don't you just love that? I'm like, actually I don't because depending on the gay bar you go to, they're all the same type of gay man. <laughs> like if you go to a rise on a Saturday, okay? They're all the but um my point being is even in that I have to go to like queer spots. I have to make sure that like the that it's not just any one type of person. So it can't just be gay men. I need to have like I need to have I need to have um a, you know different genders, I need to have different cultural groups, I need to have like different perspectives because I don't know about anybody else, but I know for me. It, it, it makes an experience, like it makes it. So for COA, it's the same exact thing. It's like, come as you are. Um, and like, let's just, especially like, cause we were all inside of our apartments for so long during that time, <laughs> so long. And, you know, and, and it was so important for me to like, to like allow other people the same kind of like energy and space. And 305 is such a special class in that way. Like it, allows, like it allows the instructor's personalities to open up. So it allows like the people taking class to open up. And yeah.
0: Cool. So I wanna thank you for taking time because I know you're busy and I enjoyed this a lot. So I hope you thank have- you
1: so time. much. <laughs>
0: that's fun. And we will talk again. But I'll see you tomorrow though for class. So that's cool.
1: Yes, I will see you tomorrow for class. If anybody's listening and wants to take class, I know this is gonna be next week. But um, message me at Falme and I can help you, I can provide you with a link, like with the guest spot in class.
0: Cool, you can so, yeah. just have the link too and then I'll post it under the
1: Oh, perfect, so that's what we can do. That's what yeah. we can do, yes. Tommy, thank, thank you. you so much, you're such a pleasure. I hope we get <laughs> to do this again.
0: Definitely, thank you everybody, I'll talk to you soon.